Welcome to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsi. This is the place for everything related to Amazon private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Welcome to a new episode of the Commerce Lab. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, CEO and founder of Ecomsi, and today we're going to be running another session of questions and answers. This is a session where we will basically get all the questions from the previous week, and we also get the questions during the live sessions and answer them in depth for you. So make sure that if you want to maybe clear some uh, questions around some issues you're having or some specific strategy, make sure to drop the question uh, before the session or during the session so we can cover it for you. Before we get started with today's session, I want to mention remember to check out all the other videos we drop on a weekly basis. So remember that on uh, on every Monday, we're actually dropping uh, an episode with a, a guest that will bring usually an expert in the field to discuss things around PPC, list optimization, launch strategies. And then on Wednesday, usually it's going to be a mixture between also bringing a guest and also myself going more in depth with the technical strategies when it comes to selling on Amazon. Also, before we get started, remember that these sessions are going to be every Tuesday at 5 p.m. GMT time. And then on Thursday, for those joining today that might not know, we also run a, a 5 p.m. GMT time on Thursdays for the Spanish-speaking community. So let's get started bringing some questions to the table. Um, let's start answering them in depth for you, okay? Remember, also, all these sessions, guys, you can listen to them in different platforms, in different, um, basically, you can listen on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, LinkedIn, even Twitter, Clubhouse, Twitch. I mean, there isn't any excuse, guys. We got all the platform covered for you. So feel free to use any of them, depending on where you are. So it's easier for you to join these weekly sessions. So let's bring the first question of the day to the table, and let's get started. So the first question of the day is, how can I remove a child ASIN from a parent ASIN? So usually this happens because, I mean, we encountered this a lot, this issue with some clients wanting to do that. And one of the main reasons is because there is a disadvantage of having a parent listing, a child ASINs under a parent listing. So one of the main disadvantages is that you can rank just one of those variations under a specific keyword. Therefore, if let's say you're selling a water bottle, which is an example I always bring to the table, and you have different colors, if the blue color is the one selling the most, that's the only color that's going to show on your water bottle, if that's the color that's selling the most for the keyword. So the disadvantage is that you have less control over the real estate that you can dominate on specific niche. So that's why having variations separated is an advantage when it comes to dominating a specific category. Now, what is the advantage of having the parent listing? I always mentioned that, is that the first thing, reviews are merged. That means if you have 500 reviews on a white color, 
right? And then you have 10 reviews in the blue one, you're gonna have 510 reviews. But the beauty is that if somebody finds the blue one or the red one in the search results, it's gonna look like the 510 reviews are coming just from that color alone. So that's a big plus when it comes to conversions, right? So, I mean, take those things into consideration. There are other things that we can go more in depth when it comes to PPC. But on a nutshell, those are what some of the things that you should be considering. Now, answering your question, that is how you separate it. You have two options. You can use a wizard tool on Amazon, a variation wizard, I think it's called. Don't quote me on that. I need to double check by something to wizard. A, go on Google and put Amazon wizard a child async or something like that. I'm pretty sure it's going to appear. And within that tool, you can separate child asins from the parent listing. And the second option is using flat files. If you use the flat files, you can just download the flat file of your listing, do the modification of which ASIN you want to transform into a parent listing, re-upload those flat files, and that's it. So very straightforward, okay? Um, those are the two main uh, options you can use. I wouldn't advise to try to do it through seller sessions, uh, sorry, seller central, because Sometimes the person with the Amazon might not do the separation correctly. You may have some issues. So I always advise try to do it on your own or seek out a, a support on that area to do the separation, right? And giving all the responsibility to a seller central support, which based on experience, sometimes they might even do worse thing. Like I had a, um, a time where they changed even the category, the whole list in the indexes. So make sure you try to do it on your own first, which using flat files or the wizard tool, you shouldn't have any issues. And then explore seeking advice if that doesn't work. Okay. So, second question of the day I got a negative review because Amazon shipped the product late. How can I remove this? Okay. So, you need to understand that when you get a review on your listing, any review that has nothing to do with your product in terms of Amazon fault or anybody else fault, which again is most of the time Amazon, right? You have the option to appeal it, right? So if you get a review that is negative, like somebody complaining, oh, my product didn't arrive on time, oh, my packaging come broken or something to do with the actual logistics sell things, you can claim that back to Amazon and they should be able to remove, um, yeah, they should be able to remove basically all the negative reviews that has to do with um, with the product itself, that Amazon is the, the, um, the one behind that mistake, right? Because if you are the one behind a mistake, for sure, um, you, this is very difficult to appeal a negative review when it comes to that, okay? So, um, Great. Let's see which other question we got in here. I found a product, but I'm not sure if it's patented. How can I double check? So when it comes to checking the patent history of a product, there are two ways you can do this. The first one, you can do a basic Google patent search, use keywords that have to do with the brand of the product that you're researching, the functionality, or the product itself, just search, um, I don't know, let's say you, you wanna sell a water bottle, again, that has a specific feature, specific design, go to Google, put that, uh, the name of the brand or the feature, right? And put Google patents. And then from there, you can search if there's some patent that matches the company name or the brand name with a patent. That's 
usually a soft search i wouldn't advise to just focus on that because sometimes there are more deep patterns that they are not very easy to find just by a google search if if you really want to do it properly i would advise you to hire a professional so you can go to places such as for example upwork they are very good people or fiber make sure they are they have great history when it comes to doing this type of task and you can basically hire them to do a more in-depth search when it comes to patterns right um, they can go more in terms of the uh, country um, basically record of patents and make sure there isn't any other patent that might match what you want to sell which is going to give you huge issues in the long term i mean we had a time a customer that he started selling a product because he found that just one person was selling it and he said oh jackpot they sell this product because it has no competition but after going more in depth the product was patented the listing was removed and he even got the account suspended so it was a big issue so i would advise always make sure patents are in place before bringing a product to market to make sure you don't encounter that issue okay great question by the way so let's see which other question we're going here how many keywords do you advise to have per amazon ppc campaign so when it comes to PPC campaigns, the amount of keywords for sure is an important factor because last thing that you want is have hundreds of keywords on the same campaign and basically Amazon draining all the budget on just one or two keywords and the other keywords don't have any performance or visibility at all. So what I would advise you to do is make sure when you're launching PPC campaigns, don't put more than... 10 keywords, 10, 15 keywords, because if you put more than 10, 15 keywords based on experience, what is going to happen is that Amazon is going to use the budget just on the top two, 3% keywords that has the highest search volume and the rest of the keywords are going to have no visibility at all. So keep it between 10, 15 keywords and use a budget big enough to make sure all of them get enough uh, opportunity when it comes to visibility. Then um when it comes to moving forward in the optimization phase then for sure i would advise you to section one campaign per keyword when you find those winning keywords but at the beginning stages yes you want to keep it between 10 and 15 keywords some people even say five or eight i mean it really depends also on the daily budget that you use but i would say don't go higher than 15 because then it's going to be difficult if you don't have a high budget to make sure the algorithm take advantage of all those keywords you put into the campaign great so next question of the day <clears throat> i'm paying higher fba fees than my competitors despite having the same dimensions why yes um this is an issue <clears throat> we have encountered the same in some of our clients as well and brands that we manage and what happens is that sometimes amazon when they receive your fba shipments they might miscalculate the dimensions and the fees that you pay on your product. In fact, that's why I usually advise to have some kind of software tool that can alert you when your FBA fees change depending on these metrics. So one tool that easily comes to my mind is Helium 10. You can find our affiliate link down below. Uh, and basically that is gonna give you alerts when the FBA changes. Now, if you compare your competitors, right? Are you compare your competitors with your listing and you find that your FBA fee is higher despite having the same dimensions and metrics, most likely Amazon is miscalculating the dimensions of the packaging you're sending in. 
first of all, make sure that the dimensions you are using to compare what Amazon is charging you against what you should be paying are correct for sure. Make sure the factory that you're working with is following your guidelines. But once you verify that, make sure that if the fee is much higher than what your competitors are paying based on the same dimensions, request a remeasurement of the dimensions to Amazon. So you have a limited time of how many you can request. Uh, I don't recall right now how many there are, but I, I remember my team mentioning there is a specific number of times you can request Amazon to basically check your uh, inventory and measure all, everything from zero. Because again, if they don't put a limit, everybody will do it and then collapse Amazon logistics, right? So you have a set number of times, but for sure, if you have never done it, request the measurement of your dimensions and weight so Amazon can record the right uh, information around your product and you stop overpaying when it comes to FBA fees. Because again, if you're paying one or $2 more than your competitors, it might look like nothing on the, on the single unit, but in the long spectrum of things, for sure, that's a huge disadvantage you are paying there. So make sure you check that out, okay? Great, the next question of the day, what should I do when I find a winner keyword on my broad and phrase campaigns? So the first thing that you should do when you find a, a winning keyword on your broad and phrase campaigns, make sure you don't negate those keywords before moving them to other campaign. That's the huge mistake we see every time we audit campaigns and we work with clients. What happens is that when you negate a keyword on a broader phrase campaign that is performing well already, what you're doing is basically giving a full stop to the campaigns and the algorithm to Amazon saying, I don't want to show anymore for these keywords. And if the keywords were already performing well, if you keep them off for a long period of time, it's gonna be very difficult to get in track again when it comes to the performance you were having in the first place. So what I would advise you instead is that if you find a keyword that's performing well on the broad um, and phrase, make sure that basically that keyword is brought from a broad and phrase to an exact match campaign, lower the bids on phrase and broad, and make sure the bid on the exact campaign are higher, so you give higher priority, but don't negate them when it comes to broad and phrase, because sometimes we have found keywords that are performing like stellar on broad and phrase, but when we move them to exact, we don't reach the same performance. Nobody really understand why is that the case. Many agencies and people in the space always have that question, but just how Amazon works. So if you have a good performing keyword that you want to explore as an exact match, don't negate the queue on the older campaign you're coming from, okay? Very good question. Next question of the day. I can get impressions and clicks on some keywords. Why? Yes. Um, this actually I was having a call today with one of my clients and we were actually discussing this, that he was saying, we increase bids and nothing happened. We increase budget, nothing happens. The first thing that comes to my mind is optimization. If you don't have that keyword anywhere around your listing, when it comes to title, bullet point, description at the whole yard, PPC is not gonna work for you when it comes to displaying your product under that keyword, right? That's the first thing that you need to fix. Make sure the keywords within your listing, indexing, and with all the sections that the keyword should be appearing under. 
if that is already been taken care of, the second thing you should be checking is the history of that keyword when it comes to your organic positioning. If you were ranking very well on that keyword and somehow your ranking started to go down and your conversion metrics are also going down, there is something that is basically the score that Amazon gives to your keywords, which actually Brandon, um, he was uh, from Data Drive and Search System, he was mentioning this on, on one of the videos, I shout out to him, that this is basically a score to your listing and to the keywords related to that listing. So that means if over time you start slipping away when it comes to performance and metrics, Amazon is going to push you down on those keywords, no matter what you do with PPC. So if you find yourself going down in terms of impressions and clicks and you're um, basically not being able to get as much traffic as you used to do with the same bid, most likely it has to do with some performance metric in the back end. So also make sure you are not sending like unnecessary traffic from outside of Amazon that you're not controlling, that's affecting your metrics. Make sure your conversion rate is not being affected because images that you change or listing that you change and take all those things into consideration. Um, the final thing is always keep checking your indexation. If you're not indexing for keywords, which goes slightly to my first point, you're not gonna be able to perform on PPC. So run an indexation tool like the Helium, Helium 10 one on a weekly basis and make sure that you're indexing for the keyword that you have in PPC issues when it comes to clicks and impressions, okay? Next question of the day. Can I use emojis and caps on bullet points? Uh, yes, I mean, this is kind of a great area, right? Because some people say yes, some people say no. The reality is Amazon TOS say that you shouldn't be using them. Me personally, and my clients and agency, we haven't had any issues of Amazon coming up to us and say, remove the emojis and, um, and caps. That hasn't been the, the case for us. And I know a lot of my colleagues in the space and agencies, they haven't had any issue with that. But again, it's something that it might always happen, right? Because again, it's within the Amazon rules and Amazon can always uh, pull the plug and say, okay, you're doing this. I'm going to penalize you, like suppress the listing. I think suppression is the maximum thing that might happen. They might require you to change that. But um, I would say it's not the end of the world. I mean, of course, you are kind of in the gray area. You can give it a try, but we have found that in some categories, using emojis and caps definitely helps, especially caps, because if you are using the first sentence to mention the feature, if you have that in cap, it's more eye-catching and it helps a lot when it comes to conversion. So definitely explore combining those two things. Just don't abuse it, right? Don't put everything in cap emojis all over the place and make it like a carnival, because then, yes, it can come back to you and bite you. <laughs> Sorry. Great. So next question of the day. I'm trying to remove my brand uh, name from my little title, but it doesn't allow me how to over write this okay so basically um the issue that you're having here is that amazon is automatically putting the brand in front of your title so the reason why this happens is because um there are some categories that having the brand in front of your title is compulsory in fact i'm pretty sure that if you have a look at your category 
you're going to find that some of your comp uh, competitors are also having exactly the same issue. That basically means um, Amazon is putting the brand in front of them. So if that is the issue that you're having, what I would advise you to check is, first of all, if you have changed the title in, in the past, right? Make sure maybe you don't have the brand already within the back end or in the title itself. If you don't have it, most likely Amazon is pushing that toward your listing. If not, have a look at your listing. Maybe the title has it and you can remove it. But most of the times it's very difficult to write that if Amazon put that in front of your title because it's basically a rule that they have for specific category. What I will say is, Whenever you're writing your title from the first time, also have a look at your category, guys, and make sure that's not the case for your specific category because the last thing that you want is optimizing your listing um, basically by considering that you're not going to have any brand name in front of it. And then Amazon adds the brands without your permission on top of your title, and then it ends up cutting important phrases, important keywords, which can affect the ACO and optimization that you did in the first place. So have a look at that. And then if you find that your category has the brand auto replaced in the first, uh, on the beginning of the title, then for sure is something that is, uh, is, is your category, right? The Amazon is doing that change. Great. Let's see if we got any further question for today. No, I think that's everything for today, guys. Thank you once again for joining and sending all these questions on a weekly basis. I appreciate it. Remember, all these uh, sessions are going to be recorded and are going to be uh, uploaded to all our channels. Again, our channels are going to be Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, and all the podcast tools as well. I mean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, you name it, everything. <laughs> so there is no excuse, guys. Check um, our content there. Feel free to give it a like, to share and subscribe. That helps a lot to keep reaching people like you. And have an amazing week. Remember, if you, for some reason, also speak Spanish and you want to join me on Thursdays, I also do these sessions the same time on Thursday for my Spanish community. And remember to check my content every Thursday, um, sorry, Monday and Wednesday, I always drop new videos with guests and talk around strategies and technical things that can help you scale your Amazon brand, okay? Take care, have an amazing week, guys, and see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The E-Commerce Lab by Ecomc. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, 
We would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.